Thank you for joining us for another insightful episode of Creatives Chat. Episode 49, After Show Convo, featuring Ariel. Join us as we chat about who knows what. Our show shall begin now. Streaming from Retro Earth Studio and brought to you by... WeAreHistorically.com Conscious Brand Apparel and Learn to play jazz piano like a pro by a pro with Jazz Piano Pro Essentials at JazzPianoPro.com Welcome back everyone. We're going to pick up where we left off with Peter and Ariel. So that concept of now, yeah. every slice of now is unique, beautiful, and it's the only moment we live in. Mm. So how would you describe to others how to stay in this present beingness known as now? Mm. <laughs> well, the first, is that there's nowhere else to be. There is no other option. There is no, there is no other place to be. Now that's just the realness. You know, you cannot not to be in the now, right? Yeah. Now, there are certain things that I do share, you know, uh, depending on, you know, who the questioner is on ways to really change the relationship with time. Because, mm. you know, we know that time exists but it's not existing so it's hard to really bring perceived others into that same uh, framework that same perspective but there is one way i look at it this way so somebody asked a question about you know i can't find the time to meditate and i don't know if you saw this video but it was uh interesting to say the least <laughs> so i said no 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 see when we look at it as 24 hours a day then it's so easy to be even more mesmerized and hypnotized by the the attachment to past the memory or the imagination and mm. that kind of like superimposes the moment but instead of this i actually live by the second okay so there's eighty six thousand four hundred seconds a day mm. now if you can dedicate 300 seconds out of your eighty six thousand four hundred seconds a day to paying homage to the being to the breath to that which animates the body which you were not in the first place, then you can really see what the now is, right? Mm. So it is our relationship to time. It's the relationship that not only the relationship with oneself and you know who we, well, who people may take themselves to be, <laughs> but the relationship to time, the relationship to money, everything is just this interdependent relationship. And so when it comes to the relationship to the now, a little slight shift in perspective can really change everything. I like that. Take it by the second. Take it by the second, really. Break it down by the second. Because really, life is by the nanosecond. It is immediate. So our existence and non-existence is nanosecond. The second is really not so much, but I can't, I can't program any of the timers to the, the nanosecond. I'm looking for a nanosecond watch. I, have not yes. found one, but um, but yes, yes. That's great. Ah, timelessness, nowness. 
And that's the one thing that is always fascinating to think about as children. In truth, you know, I had this conversation um, a few shows back with Gary Haskins, and this came up in this knowingness of, you know, when we're children, we're closer to the source knowing because we haven't soaked up as much. You know, we haven't soaked up the conditions that have taken us away from that moment. But, you know, for the listeners, I just always like to express, we have always known about the power of being present. We call it in the flow, in the zone. You know, mm. when you're creating something, when you're when you're playing sports and you're just being. Yeah. And I find that that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions of all spiritual concepts and these deeper truths is again like the the person likes to exclude and compartmentalize and make spirituality this whole kind of woo-woo seeming you know culture construct versus yeah the the way the waviness the om shanti shanti vibe <laughs> yeah exactly like oh we all have yeah. to wear robes and you know paint right, and everything right. You know, and it just comes back to that concept of, or just really the knowing that it's what always takes us out of the now, of the present, that is the distractions of the temporary that we hold on to. And that really is the root of all disconnect, all suffering. You know, it's it's putting such, hmm, how to even phrase it? giving such reverence and focus on the false makes us seem that everything else is, I mean, it really is the fundamental origin of delusion itself. When you look at it, when we hold on to things that are so temporary and just not real, <laughs> you know, like yeah. someone getting caught up in like the stress of work, someone getting caught up in the fact that, you know, their thought is telling them that they can't meditate. It's just like, yo, you can literally like, you can, I think some of the most deepest moments I've had, especially after some of those first awakenings in like the baby Buddhahood period was walking to and from work was just like, that was probably like my deepest spiritual practice. Cause it was just witnessing like every tree, every color, every blade of grass was just like, just completely being here now. And then when I got to work, I was just like, oh, wow. I felt like I was just like sitting for like three hours. Wow. I'm like, right. I'm like fired up. Let's go. Yes. Yes. And it's like, it's like you've never, in a way, um, I kind of gather from the way you describe it, really just like, this is the first time I've ever walked. This is the first time I've ever seen this tree. And even if you do the same walk every day, it is all new. Everything is new, right? Well, that's where you get the the metaphysics aspect of it. It's like, well, technically everything is getting destroyed and created all the time. So this is where you got to start start digging deep. Just like, okay, so creation, destruction every second. So what's stopping? And this is why I always like to encourage people, especially the listeners, is your whole life can change in a breath. All it takes is a moment to fully tap in. Yeah. Just Just like go. Yeah, letting go. And and I think when it comes to um, our childhood, you know, how you mm. said so beautifully that all along, you know, this is something that is deeply known. It's not that with awakening or with self-realization that it's adding on something new, but it's that which was really known that was covered 
whether it's with psychological time, the attachment mm -hmm. to one's uh, knowledge and beliefs about oneself, the things that have been accumulated over the years, whether it's the attachment to that or just the attachment to just identity overall, really same difference. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's not a matter of adopting more ideas and more things to fix oneself because we cannot be fixed, right? Yeah, because then we have to assume that, if, and that's one of those things right there where it's like, yeah, to be fixed, you have to assume that something's broken. We have to assume that right. something's wrong. Yeah, nothing, nothing is wrong. <clears throat> but in stopping and, of course, being able to uh, see what is here now and facing, I say I call it facing oneself directly. Of course, we are the self. All is the self. But in, on an individual level, when somebody needs to face themselves directly to really turn in and see, okay, what is causing, what, what is my relationship to these um, ideas and beliefs that I'm so attached to? Did it come from the past? Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? And not psychoanalysis, because psychoanalysis just goes round and round and round and round and round. But it's mainly direct seeing of turning the light of awareness inward and without mm -hmm. judgment. And, and that, that light of awareness will allow that which is supposed to fall away. Naturally, mm -hmm. I feel. Naturally. Yeah. Own. And even to expand on that, I find that the most, one of the more powerful kind of human components that we can actually utilize for this aspect, you know, because I see human beings as such an expression. I mean, everything is an expression of love in totality of things, but the human being has such a capacity to love and heal and transform just like earth. That's where I find that the, the ability of forgiveness, the capacity to forgive is ultimately one of the greatest tools to help us really heal in this level and to let go of those conditionings <laughs> Forgiving others, you know, forgiving ourselves, and truthfully forgiving the the delusion that has been set upon by society. <laughs> like that's just been refueled over and over. It's just forgiving everything, and ultimately, I mean, it's so. This is when I find that when we get deeper into these concepts, less is more. It's really just a letting go. It's just allowing what go. needs to be to be, mm -hmm. and. <clears throat> not holding on to anything that's easier said than done for some people i find yeah <gasps> so but you know what though but but you know if it's all done with oneself then that's i i always say it, it it's all that has to be done right so in mm -hmm. order to forgive others all you have to do is like i don't necessarily believe in i know this may take some people by a shock, but I don't really think that there's any such thing as forgiving others. It's perceived others. There are no others. So since there are no others, there are perceived others just being projected through thought and association onto form, which we know that we're not the name and the form in the first place. So then all it boils down to is forgiving oneself and forgiving the image that's held in mind of others, forgiving the image that's held in mind of this or that and through really forgiving and oh this is the key thing it's the same thing as what you, you said is letting go that is forgiving you're giving up that image giving up the attachment to the idea of what this means and what that means forgiveness yeah. so it's really forgiving oneself 
Yeah. And in the forgiveness of oneself and the release of oneself from that, then <laughs> naturally the forgiveness of perceived others and the forgiveness of yeah. whatever else there is to forgive will take place on its own. Yeah, yeah and it's, it really comes boils down to that concept too, where, you know, we're the keepers of our peace. We are mm -hmm. the creator of our disturbances, you know, and that's where it comes back to that essence of even those that are mad, I think, again, this is probably a Muji line where it's, you know, just being angry, resentful towards someone is just like drinking poison. They're not getting sick. Mm -hmm. It's just you. It's that same concept to this next level of really, ultimately, we're the ones that are holding on to things. It doesn't matter right. what someone else did. We're the ones doing it. And yeah. I really, I really, <clears throat> really love, and it's, you've said it quite a few times. That's why I'm going to take this one with you in the future, but perceived others. Yeah. That right there is the dance of, the post-awakened life is to live in that recognition that this is all one. This is all an aspect of yeah. the one. And yeah. that right there is that right there. I would say is if you could master that one teaching again, every religion and philosophy has that golden rule. And they're pointing to it all and they're the pointing time. in so many ways. <laughs> and it's like, really guys, really like, <laughs> do y'all see this? <laughs> So many hidden gems and so many beautiful hidden treasures that are out there. For those who are watching and listening, this is really, you know, it's it, again, I say it's not necessarily either about abandoning a certain path or way of life or abandoning uh, a religious practice. If there's something that really gives a lot of flavor and joy and, and things like this to your heart. However, in coming to this place, though, of knowing thyself and then being able to engage in whatever practice there is, being able to engage in it, it comes with a new flavor, a new, um, a new freshness, you yeah. know? So mm -hmm. in, in all of these teachings and all of the paths, there's so much uh, hidden gems that are there. Oh, and I like the way you put that, a new freshness. And that right there is the unfoldment. And see, this is the thing. The concept of enlightenment is such a spiritual delusion again because of the concepts in which we're speaking on and the well not even concept the journey and the fact that we are always unfolding it's always this continual process mm -hmm. of refinement that right there it's like a video game right every time you have a new recognition every time you heal the wounds the heart you every time you come deeper into the self and source knowing another aspect of the map gets revealed to you everyone's playing the same game but you're just like you guys don't see that jungle gym right there you don't see you know, you know, like, yes yes because <laughs> it's so all perception true. it's all a game of perception it's, it's and, all and, perception it's yeah all perception. i like that the freshness and that really comes back to boiling it down to you know what you were saying in terms of seeing things for like i was seeing it for the first time i was taking a breath for the first time like it's a freshness of life that always gets renewed and restored and that's probably, I mean, I guess a long way to answer the question you asked me earlier is that's what is really where, I guess, the playfulness that I have of life comes from, is that it's just always this renewed freshness. It's very uh, special. <clears throat> yeah. It's, yeah. It's very special. And um, yeah, I, there's many blessings to you, brother, on this. <laughs> <laughs> Same, you know. <laughs> really, really, because I see, I feel it, and... Yeah, it really is um, warming to the heart. That's how we can have conversations like these where it's like, time skip, you know? Like, yeah. 
And I find yeah. that's the that's the essence of life. Just play, have fun, enjoy it. You know, I've had a few different yeah. experiences, and I'm not sure if your use of you know the consciousness expanders or psychedelics and things of that nature, but I've found that those were one of my biggest reminders that I was bestowed and graced with was just don't take life so seriously, have fun, like play. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I heard that, that was one of those things that was like, it helped me after the kind of like baby Buddhahood moments where I was taking things too seriously, where I was mm -hmm. getting so caught up, like, no, I have to be this all the time. I have to do this, you know, right. the mind creating problems, you know, yeah. and it was just like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's Look, just a play. You have, if you if you've had some good shroom trips, you know, um, I know I've had my fair share of many <laughs> years of shrooming. That just these are the times when you really feel like a kid, right? And you just let everything is like, oh, this is amazing, and I feel like I'm like this tall, and and then like this playfulness that's there. And there's also something that can be for sure. Yeah, I think there's insights. Um, and understanding that it can be taken from those experiences. Oh, yeah. And it's been many years that I, I, I haven't, um, I haven't tripped out, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that playfulness though, and it speaks even now, like I totally see, yeah. see what you're saying on this. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, bringing it back to the, to the, the nature aspect, how did you do your survival training? And mm, in terms of like, yeah. that was one thing that really stuck out to me is, you know, this like woodsman skills and bushcrafting, like where did that go down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I would love to share. So when I first started Mindful Adventures and I would have like a meetup group and having people come for, for meditations and satsang. So there was a point where I said, okay, let me, <laughs> the concept of rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> So I was thinking like, and this is before, this is when I, I didn't really have such clear thing, mm. but I wanted to, I, wa I really wanted to rebrand <clears throat> and incorporate um, more of nature, you know, mm. making it all really taking place in nature, mindful experiences in nature, ecotherapy, satsang in nature, right? And so I've always... Um, been an avid outdoorsman. I love hiking, camping. I go very frequently. And I was thinking to myself, I said, oh, well, why don't I create a program that's ego-based mindfulness? And let me see, what should I do? <laughs> this is a part of like, I guess some of the being able to just take the risk. So why don't I do a survival training and learn how to take people outdoors, you know, in, in various environments, <clears throat> for either a day trip or overnight and uh and so i decided to to do that and so i flew to scotland i found a place called uh, backcountry survival in the scottish highlands that's so dope flew all the way over to <laughs> i flew, flew over to scotland and i went down into the highlands and um i met this instructor's name is neil what i highly recommend anybody who's who's out there who wants to do survival training backcountry survival uk Amazing, amazing organization. So, yeah. And, and, I, and then I, I get there and I realized that I was the only one who signed up for that particular class. I don't, I forget how this happened, but something happened where like, I'd already bought the tickets. 
he was trying to get in touch with me and he was like, oh, by the way, like, I think you're the only one who signed up this time because we usually have large group sessions, but something, something happened. I don't know exactly what it was. And so I ended up having a one-on-one -on -one training in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about living in, a, living in the forest, like it was like a fairy tale. And I think, I believe he's ex-military. He would come up to like the, the, the mountain to meet me we were on a mountain one time then then two days later like in the forest he would come all the way there to teach me for six or seven hours and then leave me there for like the rest of the time every day he was like coming back and forth so yeah it was really an experience and yeah <laughs> that's, that's a long story there to answer your question but that's i mean I talk about that. solitude though that's a time to really immerse yourself in nature that must have been yeah. an immense experience it was tremendously beautiful really that no that was also satsang that was a part of, of the satsang for me is being mm -hmm. out there alone having to hike to go to find water go to creeks go to streams and filter the water and then having to build shelter and just mm. being there in absolute solitude that's yeah that was beautiful that's fascinating though and i'm curious in your thoughts on this when you have these recognitions of oneness do you feel more at home in nature isolated like that mm. than even being like in the city in the in the hustle and bustle <laughs> That's a good question. So I'd say that before, um, as the seeing gets clear, it's like, you know the saying, wherever you go, you are? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> there you go. So I'm always at home. Yeah. When I'm in the office, I'm at home. When I'm down the street i'm at home when i'm inside mm. i'm at home yeah yeah actually i'd say this is going to sound kind of strange but i'd say that really um when i'm inside i feel like i'm outside and when i'm outside i'm inside so <laughs> it's, it's just home it's, it's all home yeah. yeah oh yeah i resonate with that one that's yeah. funny yeah it's always a, a different type of trust and playfulness in life mm -hmm when you begin to see things for what they truly are. And that's always one of those concepts of like the concept of fear, <clears throat> the concept mm. of, of uncertainty. It's, it's such an egoic. And when we talk about paradoxes, I always try to point people towards the fact that, you know, the ego uses separation to wow. seemingly take you away from yourself. We have to separate from the concept of separation. And when we get to experience life, in this effortlessness of being there's such a profound trust because there's no fear because you know you're it you know it's here to support you why would you want why would you not want to support yourself you know and this is where everything yeah. comes into everything is grace you know and that yeah. right there is probably one of the hardest things for people to not only accept but to see especially because like you know yeah. the, the human experience is filled with suffering you know it has suffering ingrained in it but again suffering is a choice so for for you how would you express to people to kind of let go of the fear and uncertainty and embrace what life is presenting you well you know i'd say that things like fear uncertainty resentment 
anger, what is considered to be a negative emotion um, or what usually naturally we want to distance <laughs> ourselves from, right? These yeah. are things that really, you know, uh, in real talk, these are things that create some very unpleasant experiences that we call suffering. Now, in there being a division from within, being against these experiences, being against the fear, being against the anger, being against the resentment, being against the shame, whatever it is that's, that's arising for anyone who's listening, you know, anyone who's watching, whatever's arising for you is as equally valid and acceptable as its opposite. And so by clinging to just one type of experience, then this actually reinforces the division that really it's just about stopping and, and facing it directly. So if there's fear, I, I even have to say sometimes this, you know, fear may bubble up in me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and still, this is why vigilance is required, right? Mm -hmm. But those are the opportunities mm -hmm. to, ah, okay, what is here? What's behind it? Ah, I see, it's just me, all of itself. <laughs> now this becomes, now over time, <laughs> I know it's something easier said than done, I put it that way, but it's really, it's really about bringing that into wholeness and acceptance, and then mm -hmm. this is how the alchemy really works, right? You can transmute any of these things into, into, uh, into the beingness. Yeah. And then you see that it doesn't really stick, it's mainly the, the belief and the associations that we hold and thought about these emotions and these things and the suffering. Mm. It's that that is reinforces the suffering rather than, you know, seeing that it's, it comes and goes. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. And, <laughs> and there really is no limit to how we can use these temporary happenings as an opportunity to uncover more aspects of our nature. I find that that's always the most healing thing because, you know, it's, people get so caught up in the the esoteric aspects of life. Like, oh, you're a spirit embodied. It's this flesh. It's this dense physical. It's this energetic physical. It's like, it's all one. Yeah. It's all one thing. Yeah. And everything's, yeah. it's always the, it's the affection of our attention is really whatever we mm -hmm. want to create with this reality. And that's the concept yeah. right there. It's like really accepting fear, embracing fear. It liberates us from it. Yeah. And so and I feel like, again, that's like, that's a paradox though, right? Because we resist it, we causes tension, but in truth, it's, it's yeah. like, it's almost as if you're swimming, right? And you're running out of breath and you start to panic and freak out versus just continuing to swim to the surface. Yeah. You know, but yeah. then once you get through it, you're like, <gasps> Oh wow! Oh, like, that was ah, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still waters, clear sky, right? <laughs> the clear skies, it's it's there. Yeah, but you know, I, I'll say this: a little Zen, um, Zen analogy. You know, we we hear about the the clear sky, and you see that the clouds, the clouds are always coming and going, but the the sky is untouched, and so too awareness. Yeah. So by facing, this. like you say, like by facing these things, you know with acceptance mm. this is really allowing oneself to burn and process what is there and you'll come out unscathed it's just a matter of like you said just keep going and go up to the top of you 
oh, okay, I'm alive, right? <laughs> you go all the way up to the, above the water, you know, and if you feel like you're drowning, just go up and you take a breath of air. So that was a subtle point right there where it's, ooh, I'm alive. The imagination can be such a, I love the mind and the playfulness of it because it's the perfect antagonist to kind of get us to to overcome and recognize these deeper truths. Mm. It always is creating a lot of randomness. I think that's tricky. Right. (laughs) I like to akin it to the Native American fox. It's cunning. It's Mm. a trick. It can be a trickster though, but it's a great teacher. And that's one of the biggest things that always resonated with me was recognizing. See, this is what I'm curious of. So, I don't know if you had any experience, because um, again, I like how you put the fact that, you know, this spiritual development, this unfoldment, you know, seeing the self has been an experiment. Mm-hmm. I too love many experiments in my day. And that was one of the, probably my biggest ones where I think bringing it back to the, you know, to Muji, just got to say shout out to Muji, uh, <laughs> where it was, it was akin to what you were talking about earlier in the sense of you are not your thoughts, where it was it was, I can't even remember what he was saying, but it was in that moment I had the recognition that I was like, oh, if, and if I look at this like a film, the, the I am presence, the sense of self is this mm-hmm. protagonist and the mind is an antagonist, yet you can't have a really good movie without a good hero or villain. So what could my mind mm-hmm. be kind of trick me into that's causing me to play in this game of self-sabotage? And this was shortly after the baby Buddhahood. I worked with kids, which is funny enough, because it was just a great opportunity to practice all of these like realizations. Oh, was, wow, yes, yes. yes. So, yeah, like, a bunch of <laughs> little people, around. like exactly, <laughs> yeah. just like, okay, so let's let's check yeah. some stuff out. And um, mm. it was that moment of really questioning the first impulse of the mind, where it was just like, oh, you don't want me to speak up? You don't want me to say this to a coworker? You don't want me, you, mm-hmm. you want me to to instantly like, kind of go at the kids and be like, hey, what's going on? Let's just observe. Let's just speak up yeah. this moment. Let's do the exact opposite. I did that for like a week, like wow. straight up, like a week straight. Every time I had that big urge of like resistance and tension, I was like, mm, do the opposite. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go in here. <laughs> Life was dope. Life was so wow. awesome. Like so many unknowns wow. and happenings happened. And that was where I was thinking like, oh, wow, I just proved my mind wrong. Literally. Mm-hmm. So I was like, then it got me just thinking, well, what else is it trying to kind of like hide me from? You know, like, yeah, what I mean, it? these are, <laughs> that's, that's courageous, really. It's in those moments of making like a, a conscious choice yeah. to shift, shift things in a different direction. And yeah, I think that's also important. And, and there's also opportunities to go deeper in these cases, because sometimes it's like, especially once people start to get familiar with, okay, I'm going to go into inquiry and let me question, Mm. where's this coming from? And then even go deeper. Who is the questioner? Right. Right. And then just peel it, just keep peeling. And then you say, wait a minute, the fear that was there or the, the cunningness of the mind in which it was taking me here and there, you know, even though we are not only our thoughts, you could also say this in the opposite direction as well is what are we, what is not you, right? Mm. So once the say, you know, so it really, it's either, uh, I don't want to say it's all or nothing, but total, right? Total. So even if fear is there, it's not like, oh, well, I can never be afraid. It's like, oh no, I can play with this a little bit. I like how you put it really, just being playing with it and being like, okay, I'm just gonna do the opposite. 
see what happens, you know? <laughs> and then that's how you can really see just dynamic mm. play that's arising um, within the self. Well, that was that, it was sparked by the, the statement you made of the alchemy of transmutation, you know, that mm -hmm. alchemy of transmutation, transformation, it's that process of, as mentioned earlier, refinement, going deeper. And this is where yeah. I can actually probably, this is, this is where, you know, the audience may have heard this one a few times for me, but, you know, life kind of has these phases of evolution where, you know, you're caught up either on the seesaw personhood, right? And you're, you're in that roller coaster life experiencing the highs and lows. And then mm -hmm. it's kind of like you take it to the next level of being like, well, what is the I am in which the seesaw is on? What is this fulcrum? You know, and then this is where I'm excited with you because we can take this to the next level. Because um, again, like I, I can't really have these types of conversations with too many people where it's like, okay, let's go even deeper. What is the mm -hmm. ground of being in which the I am is even sit sitting upon? Mm. you know and that's just like this play of life where i'm like oh man i love seesaws it's such a great analogy <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna have to write this one down for that no i'm joking <laughs> this is a good one yeah and the ground the ground in which ground of all being. of that is appearing on the ground of being yeah it's that's it's such a fascinating journey and that's one of the reasons why I really hope that people can just continue this process of inquiry themselves, because when you come to, when you recognize what you're not, as you put it, mm -hmm. you see everything in which you are. And it's everybody. Yeah. It's everything. <laughs> everything. Uh, mm -hmm. Truly. So I'm curious, in terms of your, the practice of self-inquiry and your beingness how have you been able to integrate this into your divine wellness workshops ah, to help to help people yeah yeah so currently what i oh i didn't mention this before but when it comes to the eco therapy the eco-based mindfulness and the workshops <laughs> and things like this <clears throat> so i actually haven't done any of anything really with the um, the Woodland Skills Certification in Bushcraft. <laughs> doesn't mean that I'm not going to do something with yeah, it. Yeah, the Rona. You know, <laughs> the, the Rona, right? The Rona, and also there's been a little situation here in, in Israel that is waiting for the security situation to lighten up a little bit. Um, even though I am going to be hosting a workshop in the next month called the Divine Witness Workshop. Mm -hmm. And this is... Um, I'd say a little bit of inquiry, a little bit of Zen, a little bit of dance, a little bit of Tao, really creating a space for um, for some deep inquiry, mm. and also to open open the hearts and minds, or, or give uh, share with perceived others the tools to be able to clear their head, open the heart, and mm. um, and then we get into that thing because usually you know what what I thought was that thing and I don't know if you if, if you also noticed this but when like certain certain types of people really a lot of people aren't really ready for for that thing right yeah yeah you either really really to, love self inquiry <laughs> you, you have to either love self inquiry or have cleared up enough space or have opened up enough mm. to to take this to take the step yeah because right? when you start to get into things like oh well i didn't know that i didn't know that 
then this is where like fear comes up for so many mm. and the grip of identification with name form with story it it, it it gets really tricky for many so the divine witness workshop will uh, give the opportunity for some space to open up and then you know we'll get into satsang a little Oof. bit later on in the workshop yeah well i love that the different components of you know kind of readying the body through dance and movement allowing mm -hmm. people to kind of get those i would even almost say like the the excitement energy because it's really like it's the heart just gets so excited when it's in these moments of opportunity but that can easily be transformed by the mind into like anxiousness and you yeah, know an anxiety yeah. where it's just like no just let it out get everyone mm -hmm. ready get everyone flowing and then <clears throat> prepare the it's it's a nice little ritual that's i'm very curious how that goes yeah. I'm, I'm excited though that's super fun like yeah it's gonna, yeah, it's, it's gonna be great i also i'm gonna be sharing a um a mindfulness method that I, i've created Ooh. And it's, you know, we'll talk one-on-one -on, -one on this one. <laughs> I, I've, many have been going through this method and for the first time ever, they realize, wait a minute, where's my mind? So I, I want to get this in the workshop. And when the mind is silent, it's like some people just get really tripped out, like, wait a minute, okay, what kind of focus focus is this? And I'm telling you, well, you're not your mind. You see it now. So, <laughs> so I'm just creating that space you know, for some silence there. Uh, so many don't even realize that it's possible, you know, mm. that there's mind and no mind. So mm. that's in terms of the workshop. And then you, you also asked, I feel like you're asking in general as well, like what are the ways that I apply self-inquiry to yeah. what I'm doing? So um, yeah, now it's just, yeah, the IGTV satsang, satsang, people send in questions via the website through Instagram and, um, and then I respond. Well, I allow the response to, to arise naturally. So Love that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a beautiful process of, again, it's this healing journey in which we're all on. And when one of us can shine the light of truth of our beingness, it's just naturally going to, the law of attraction is just going to start to play. And that manifestation is just going to continue to be that understanding of that everything is abundance if you allow it to be for yourself. Wow. And this is wow, that's and so powerful. This is why I'm like, yo, this is I'm excited we tapped in because there is so much there's so much more to dive deep yeah. in. I was wondering <laughs> so like, much more to dive deep in. Well that's yeah. that that right there is in terms of your in terms of your own journey, I guess you would say what are the kind of future projects What's the kind of future project that you really want to create as things kind of continue? Because, like, the, to me, the eco-therapy just sounds so dope. <laughs> like, that sounds so fun. Well, I have, I have some ideas that I've been marinating on. You know, when I was a few years ago after I did the, um, the certification for, for bushcraft and outdoors, so I had already come up with a few plans and some little bit too complex, to be honest with you. It was like, I was really, I mean, I was in overbranding. I was in rebranding mindset. So it was like, oh, it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And <clears throat> no, but I had to kind of tone it down a little bit. So now it's just staying as the self and um, everything is arising naturally. So mm. I don't really have a lot of plans 
I'll put it that way. And it's good. It's good. When, when the idea, when I see there's an opportunity to initiate something, then I, in that moment I act and then I allow it to unfold. Mm. I allow it to blossom. But to be honest with you, <laughs> for those who, who may be watching, I know it sounds kind of strange, but no, no need to plan. There's a little bit of planning, just, just the right amount, but I don't have any big goals ahead. I don't think. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the more difficult things for people to comprehend and wrap their mind around. And that's where I always like to suggest just let go of the imagination. It becomes yeah. such a friend to us in our youth. But in truth, the moment we let go, we recognize that the mind is limited by our knowing. Mm-hmm. The only way we really tap into that creative flow is just to dive deep into the unknown. Yeah. Allow allow whatever needs to be be. Like I know, like when you say like you plan enough, it's like I consider that almost like we have the aspirations in our heart of what we want, of this experience, of the beauty of it, but it's not like some construct where it's gonna be some expectation that can be shattered. It's allowing life right. to kind of flow through and express mm-hmm. itself and just know that you are god and goddess of manifestation and creation you're gonna right. do it <laughs> you are life like there you go there you go <laughs> and you know what though there's something that you that you just said that brings up uh, a really strange conversation that i had with somebody a few weeks ago at the same bookstore i was telling you about the metaphysical bookstore so i'm pretty close with the the owner and you know you, you just said well Sometimes the imagination and the aspirations, they can be so big that you can like, set, you may be setting up oneself for disappointment or yeah. something to this. That extent, expectation, right? yeah, to be shattered. The expectation to be shattered. So <laughs> the, the shop owner says to me, he says, well, Ariel, how is your registration going for your workshop? Now, this is on this day in particular, there were some feelings of, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have this workshop. You know, there's some security things going on and and the registration has been a little bit wavy. Some people had to cancel, some re-registered, mm. so on and so forth. And I said, oh, I said I'm going to move forward with it. I'll see what's going to happen with, you know, the the security out here. But um, when it calms down, I'll have to, like, reschedule it. And he says, good. He says, even if, you, even if just one person shows up, move forward with it. And mm. I said, yeah, that's the plan. That's what I'll do. <laughs> so then I'm paying for, I'm paying for the incense. And he looks up and he says, why do people say to think big? What does that even mean? And for that moment, it was just like, like just this, it was, it was almost like something was speaking through him, but that's always the case. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was like, and I sat there and I was thinking to myself, yeah, what does it really mean to think big? And, and then we, we started to, you know, mm. share a little bit about how that could be very dangerous and that sometimes thinking big, well, mm. thinking is the problem in the first place sometimes. And if you don't know the I that you are thinking from and the I that you are speaking as, then this thinking big can just run into lots of disappointments mm. and reinforcing, um, you know, the 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 false sense of self yeah that that is just the disappointed one right when there's really nothing to be sometimes disappointments may arise but we don't need to you know there were so many times that i remember big opportunities coming up and being very ambitious especially when i was a little bit a little bit younger just so ambitious and so much 
um, having so many aspirations and putting all of my my efforts into it and then it, it wouldn't sometimes things would come to pass from that and other times it um, there were, was disappointment where it seemed like ah I'm almost there I'm almost there <clears throat> and then the company changes its plans something happens and people are laid off or all sorts of things and I used to say and many many times I said why does this always happen to me why do why does why is it why does it seem that right when I'm about to get what I've been imagining and aspiring for, um, it's like suddenly the scale shifts and yeah. the play of duality just tosses me to the other end. And eventually I realized, I said, yo, no, no, that's, that's not what's happening. I'm identifying with the, it's like a victim mentality in a way like, why does this always happen to me? And it's like, well, wait, I am the happening. I am the happening. <laughs> So, and just like, <laughs> and that's what I would say for those who are out there, really just to move, bring, move in, in wholeness and acceptance moment to moment. And there is space for you. There's space for happiness. There's space for sadness. There's space for disappointment. There's space for satisfaction, but be all inclusive and in your awareness of it. And you'll see that there's really a grace and a guidance to that, you know, surrender to this. This is it, <laughs> this is it right here. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it really is the, life becomes so complicated by all these concepts and expectations and assumptions and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this whole game of, I mean, even just what you're talking about in terms of victimhood, self-sabotage, and it's, it really is that power of, and this is what I like to say, you know, I had, I had someone, one of the comments to my thoughts saying is like, they're like, what is the purpose of meditation? And this has come up a few times, actually, and I, I love it because it's, the way I put it was just liberation. You know, it's from whatever you want liberation from the suffering liberation from delusion liberation from yeah. the the concepts from the identity mm -hmm. and it's this opportunity to fully be and mm -hmm. that is the most overlooked aspect it's when you talk about no mind you know i i can into stillness the emptiness what drops away is not us so when we can experience those moments of flow in life that we take for granted, when we can even drop away of our own identity and sleep, you know, like mm. these are all like such subtle but powerful truths of what life is trying to present us in terms of like the reality of what is, but it ultimately comes yeah. through this, this process of letting go and allowing what needs to be to be. Yeah. Yes. That's the hmm. gift. That's the gift of mindfulness. That's the gift of meditation. I actually yeah. say, and I and I um, hold by this that you know mindfulness is the method to hmm. see what the mind is full of, and then really bringing awareness and attention to that, then that space opens up to discover meditation. See, meditation. It's not that meditation can't be bought or sold. <clears throat> meditation is your being. However, yeah. mindfulness is the way to really bring attentiveness to the being that always was is and will be so in meditation this is meditation right here right Thanks. meditation 
Meditation is the being. And you're, you're right, so many, there is a lot of uh, different um, concepts and approaches to meditation. And there's many ways to, um, to realize one's own natural meditativeness. But just like you had mentioned earlier, this is the natural state, actually. As kids, kids are really meditative. <laughs> no matter what's Super. going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever arises in them just flows away with the quickness. And, and this is part of being in tune with the true nature. So this, this brings me to that point of, because I'm curious, because I find that there's this capacity that opens up to feel these <clears throat> these high elations, you know, like when you do have these recognitions that everything is source. And that's also kind of like the double-edged sword is that you recognize where things come from. You're able to see yourself and all for what it is, but the capacity to feel the pain and the suffering, the, the capacity to feel the joys and the excitements grow even bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's even more of like the, it's an opportunity because it's like, yeah, you don't get to feel that. You don't get to feel the peaks and the valleys. You don't get to explore such that range of this human experience until you have a little bit more balance of what you are and knowing of yourself. But I also find that that's kind of like the paradox there is that like you can be susceptible to being even more sensitive to the negative being more, being more attached and drawn towards the positive. So what would be some reminders and words of advice for those kind of experiencing this baby Buddhahood moment where they're like, these awesome recognitions, but now things hurt even more. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. This is actually something that for, for many months was a little bit of a challenge for me because I was always told growing up, oh, you're so highly sensitive. You know, you hear of the HSP, the highly sensitive person. So then I really discovered that sensitivity after the insight. Mm. And um, many nights, many nights of crying, looking up at the moon, saying, Mm. wow, does anybody else really see? They don't see the suffering that's going on in the world. And then this is the thing is after there's um, a recognition, a self-recognition, what's important is to stay as the self. And mm. yes, the, the sadness will come and go all of the different um, wide range of the peaks and valleys and the emotions that you're referring to, it, it will come and go, but to return to the self, to stay as the self, right? Because yeah. the, the tricky thing is that we can easily, especially when the mind is conditioned to going into narration mode and story mode, we easily create a new story Mm. that will end up being a distraction rather than just abiding as the awareness. If you lose a little bit of abidance, that's, that's okay too. Really, there's space for all of that. It's consciousness. But then re- recognizing it and then turning, uh, turning the attention back inwards and staying as the self, that's, that's, the best, that's the best advice I could give. I love it. That's that's mm-hmm. right there is the, the secret sauce because, again, there's these misconceptions this pedestal that people put those that have really obtained and lived by the insight that they're somehow this imaginary figure they create in their head. Like there's, they're always happy. They're always love filled. They're always this and that. And it's like, don't put your projections onto me. No, but don't put your, (laughs) but like, I think that's the thing right there where it's just like, no, like I think that's the, the concept of it's temporary. 
yes, I'm fully mm-hmm. aware that like I'm feeling frustrated or anger or sad or upset or happy or gleeful, but I know that it's temporary. It doesn't deep, mean yeah. I don't, doesn't mean you don't not experience it. Like you're not right. so stoic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a deep, it's a deep inner knowing. And actually to that point that you mentioned about, you know, being stoic and in, in this is that there is um, many opportunities to also fall into the trap of, of what they call spiritual bypassing. Right. And this is mm. a very real thing. So when it comes to, and especially as you, one deepens in the self-recognition and the insight that when these things arise, it's not even about, oh, well, now it's my newly recognized self. I will use this technique and just abide as the self to avoid it. There is at this point, for those who are deepening in this, you should know, please believe that there is no running and hiding. <laughs> there is nowhere to go. You will not be able to hide from this. So the spiritual bypassing that seems easier before that type of recognition becomes tremendously difficult afterwards. If there's yeah. really, you know, before and after, I use that term loosely, but don't, don't run. If there's suffering, then allow yourself to fully feel what you feel. Mm. And if it becomes, it turns into despair, I truly understand despair for the suffering of others, perceived others, despair that's, you know, for the suffering that's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, process it, feel it, be total in it. <clears throat> and then yeah. in that, there's a release. And just abide as a self, stay as a self. Yeah. Uh, the, just, self has spa- the self has space for that. That's the thing. It's the, <laughs> the, belief, the belief that you can't hold that is like, wait a minute. You know, I say there are no holders of space. You are the space. It's just in trying to hold one aspect of that space, then the suffering is actually just creating more division. So process and then return to the wholeness. Bring yeah. it to the wholeness. It's like the, it's like a glass of water in the ocean and fixating mm-hmm. on the fact that there's water in the glass, but this water in the glass, it's like, it's there's all water the, in the ocean. Glass. It's like right. in the ocean, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, the ocean, the sky, the trees, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. I like how you put that. Mm. Mm. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, it really was. Yeah. And listeners, I just want to say thank you for watching. Roll the outro. And that concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible. Thank you, We Are Storically, for your conscious human apparel. Shop online at wearehistorically.com. Hi, I'm Darius Wilrich. I'll teach you everything you need to know about playing jazz piano like a pro with my 12-week online video course and downloadable guidebook, Jazz Piano Pro Essentials. Enroll today at jazzpianopro.com. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and what a lovely after show, Ariel. Do you have another blessing for the viewers? I do, yes. <laughs> all right, well, may all be blessed with clarity and true knowing of the self and abide in that peace and happiness.
Om Shanti Shanti. Namaste. Namaste. Everyone, have a happy always. Oh, yeah.